0: From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, coming back with you again, just talking more about uh, the process of uh, discipleship and uh, things we need to create a solid foundation in the life of a believer. Uh, and so when, when when we're going through certain processes, I'm just going to kind of review what I said last week as we were in 2 Peter Uh, In verse five, it says, uh, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence. Now, when you when you're away from God, when you're when you're outside of the kingdom, your morals are totally different. I mean, and and you have to come to an understanding of basically how God does business Uh, when you looked at. Egypt and the the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. uh, He had to give them a whole nother set of values, another set of morals that, that God's people do it this way, though everyone else may go this way. God's people go this way. I used to say this thing every week in church, no matter what others say, no matter what others say or do, I believe God. Meaning now faith comes into existence where faith is not a process that the unbeliever has to deal with. And and God is trying to institute faith. And you can see that early in development. He's trying to teach them faith by by only having the manna be good for one day. And you gather enough for what you need. You know, have the faith to believe that it'll be there the next day. Have the faith to believe that on the Sabbath where you can't collect, there's going to be enough to last you two days. Just little steps of faith to build your faith up. And the same thing with moral excellence. When When you're teaching somebody a whole new set of morals. Um, you know, how to interact with people. How do you handle unforgiveness? How do you handle uh, different things? You know, it comes, it's a whole different, as we used to say, it's a certain code that you live by. And and now that code is changing and it gets very frustrating because normally you could handle a situation one way or deal with a person one way, but now you have to do it God's way and you have to learn these different values. And we have to be patient with people as we as we give them, you know, moral excellence as we as we refine their morals as we teach them to to live and respond as God would have them to live and respond, and then the Scripture says and un, and moral excellence, you know, supplement with knowledge. Now knowledge comes in. Now normally we want to stick them in Bible study or stick them in new believers class and start giving them certain knowledge and things like that. But knowledge doesn't mean anything if your core values are off. You'll just use the knowledge to justify. Your core values, you know, you'll use it to, to justify that. You know, like you got people out there believing God that they're gonna hit the lottery. You know, they they just they just spent twenty thousand dollars. You know, and they can't put can't put ten thousand in the church pot, but they're believing that they're gonna hit the lottery and do all this great work for God. You know, and so you. But if you if you're you're not you use your knowledge to justify your morals or your existence. So that's why your morals change. You know, I'm with a guy, we talk about situations, you know, and we we live life. And I let them see me live life. Sometimes I remember one time I asked my pastor, I said, why'd you do that? Why'd you let him get away with that? And then he explained to me and I wasn't getting it, you know, because I would have handled it a totally different way. But then when I realized it and as I read my Bible more, I realized that that if I had handled that situation, I would have been wrong because I wouldn't have been handling the way God wants to be handled. You know, even with money, you know what I mean? How does God want you to handle money? You know, I have knowledge about handling money. I'm an accountant. I know how to handle money, but I, I, I couldn't receive God's way of give and you shall have, you know, mine was get and you shall have, I don't see how give and you shall have is going to work, you know, but it does work. You know what I mean? And so when you couple your, your faith with, with God's knowledge, you're creating an individual to have a steady and solid foundation. And knowledge with self control. Oh my goodness. This was a long process for your boy. You know, a long process for your boy. You know, I know I may seem nice and calm and funny, but oh, I was a snap out kid, man. <laughs> I was a snap out kid. Oh, <laughs> uh, my first situation, everything is to hit it. Just hit it. It'll be alright if you hit it. You know, you just hit it, you know. You know, even when me and my wife studied the Bible together, she said, "How do you get such violence out of the scriptures?" I said, "How don't you get violence out of the scripture?" You know, what I mean, it's just my, my nature, how it's made up, and the self control to sit back and let because I think myself is very talented. You know, what I mean, I think myself is very strong, you know, and everything like that. But God isn't that God doesn't need myself, God or my flesh. You know, God needs my obedience. And so when self control comes in, it's just being obedient to the situation and handling it the way God wants it to be handled and not the way you want it to be handled. You know what I mean? And that, that's a that's a big company, especially if somebody comes out of a violent lifestyle, you know, you know, or they just come out of lifestyle, where they, they got what they want. When they wanted it, had money all the time and then now, you know, now, now they're trying to make a transition. They're gonna handle things a little bit different than uh than you and they won't have that self control. As soon as they get money, they going to go out and buy something, right? And you look at them like, why are you buying stuff, you know? And self-control is not always violent, but, you know, they can just be spending money. You say, why don't you save your money? Oh, I saw this, what I wanted. You know, I saw this nice outfit or, you know, I got hungry and I went to this restaurant and you now they look at you to help them out, you know, for the rest of the month. And you just shaking your head and say, you know, couldn't you just keep the money in your pocket? You know, I had one guy tell me, he said that I, though he had was healed from his crack addiction. He said he still had some of the fruit of his addiction, meaning that he was, he was, uh he didn't know how to live with money in his pocket. So when he would get money, he spent it all up because he was so used to being broke and surviving broke and surviving with no money in his pocket that it felt strange to have money. So he just spent it bought just kind of goofy stuff, just spent it up there, you know, because he, he couldn't control himself. Just to keep money on hand. He still allowed some of the fruit of his addictive lifestyle to still uh, dominate and he couldn't control it. And supplement self-control with patient endurance. Now, sometimes I look at that and say, well, okay, self-control, being patient, you know, they're in the same neighborhood. But it says patient endurance, meaning that being able to be patient over periods of time. Now, that is a humper there. I mean, there's some people, as I said last week in my congregation, I wanted to give up on them in the first week. And I've been dealing with them for 15 years. But I have to admit, I've seen growth. I've seen change. And it just because of where those individuals were, the level they had sunk to, uh, the hard-headedness of their head, and other factors. It took a long time for them to come to the realization that they had to bow their knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. It took even longer time for them to go through moral excellence, knowledge, you know, trying to get them to sit through Bible study, can't sit still, jump up, walk out, come back in, you know, jump up, walk out, church service, come back in, Uh, you you know, real, what you would think would be a disruptive behavior, but we as a congregation have had to learn how to deal with patient endurance. There were people. We had a guy last week just talking, talking through the whole service, talking to the guy who brought him. I don't know if the guy felt embarrassed, and my wife wanted to talk to. Him. I said, "Honey, he's not in his right mind. Let him go. Let him, let him go." I said, "The Holy Spirit to get to him." And he got up for the altar call and went up there. And a little hard at first and praying, but by the end of the service, he was laughing and, and talking to everybody. And and uh, you know, it, you just have to have patient endurance. <laughs> you got to. You gotta be willing to endure patiently, you know, in those those factors coming in, because sometimes people go. We found out in our church that people come in and out two to three times before they finally stick, you know, because you're trying to change habits and lifestyles that have been there for years, and 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 being there for years, you know, it's gonna take a while for them to to let it go, to let let those lifestyles go, and so you gotta be patient and I'd be there and with patient endurance godliness yeah to be like him be ye holy for I am holy you know I mean you know you go in there uh you know you got you you change your moral lifestyle you're starting to learn about the Lord uh you're practicing self-control you know you know now with self-control you're going past situations and you're able to endure patiently over periods of time and you know people start looking at you and say wow Man, you know, I see Jesus in you, man. I see Jesus in you. You get, you get all happy and everything like that. But you know, sometimes people come out of it with a power trip. They come out of it with a prideful existence when people start saying that to them. And that's why you have to supplement your faith with brotherly affection. I mean, you gotta love your brother. You know, you gotta love him, man. You know, I've been around some people who, who uh, just can't love their fellow brother in Christ because. They don't worship on the same day or they don't baptize the same way or they, they don't say the sinner's prayer the same way. They, you know, and, and, and they they do these things and 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 it, it taints their godliness. Because when you got when you when you say you with godliness, when you get your patient endurance godliness, you're saying that that you're not enduring because you want a prize. You're enduring because you're like God. You're, you're like God. And what is God? God loves us all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That God so loved, You know, godliness is love. But sometimes we can love the stranger, but we don't love our brother. You know, you know, we can love our friend, but not our brother. I mean, I know me and my brother had a relationship like that, you know, for like the first 18 years of his life. You know, and then we, then we started becoming brothers who loved each other. But you know, I had friends that I love better than my brother. You know, and so you got to come in with brotherly affection, right? You know, I mean, not just giving people lip service, praise the Lord, how you doing? But but honestly and and wholeheartedly, you know, embracing them. You know, what I mean, loving on them. You know, letting them see your faults and you seeing their faults. And with brotherly affection, you expand it to love for everyone. Love for everyone. You know, the the scriptures say this. They would know that you're Christians by your love one for another. So our brotherly love and affection has to come before our love for everyone. You now we gotta love each other. It, 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 those of us who, who, who believe Jesus is Lord, we gotta love each other. You know, what I mean, other things we can work them out somewhere else, but we gotta love each other and, and be there. So in this discipleship process and, and leading somebody, if you follow this, you can't do this in a classroom. I mean, knowledge you can do in the classroom you know, and maybe some other things on on how-tos or what it looks like. But as far as living it out, it's not a classroom thing. As far as living it out, it's going to be a situation where you're walking with another brother or sister and you're seeing a living example of how this goes. You're getting feedback right away in your situation, you know, and and, and we, we've gotten away from, from mentors or, or disciplers and we've just – we've gone – Uh, corporate, you know, we do everything in a mass way, you know, put everybody on a, on a podcast or put everybody in a classroom, you know, when we we need that individual, that one-on-one, you know, you know, if if I'm out here dating, how do I, how do I treat my date? You know what I mean? What, what, what do I do? You know, I know I don't supposed to go by the old ways, you know, so so help me out here. No, help me out when go going here, when, when, uh, when I'm working a job and, my patience is wearing thin. You know, how do I recharge? How do I how do I get back into that frame of mind of, of godliness or they can do it patiently? You know, it, it's a lot of how-tos that pop up. You know, I, I know some believers that still can't handle traffic. They can't handle traffic. Man, they had a missile. They about to blow up every car in front of them. <laughs> they can't handle traffic. Uh, if you can't handle traffic, are you going to handle the one-on-one with somebody sitting in your living room coming and tell you something something that they didn't did that you talked about that you shouldn't do. And, uh, and and yet they wouldn't did it anyway. And they're asking you, what should they do? You know what I mean? You sitting there like, Ugh, why did not you listen to me when it first happened? You know, why didn't you come to me? Right. The, the, in verse eight, it says this, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we want people to be productive and useful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they should grow like this. They should grow according to this this formula, you know, that you're working out. You know, I mean I, I, I can think of some things that in, in morals that, that I had a hard time understanding, you know, when I when I got saved, you know, especially when like if somebody took something from you and all you did was prayed about it. You know, what I mean, you know, where I grew up is then that means we go steal from somebody else, <laughs> then they got to go steal from somebody else, and you know they just keep this chain going. But if my stuff come up missing, somebody in the neighborhood stuff is about to come up missing, you know, and, and and get out of there. You know, you just have these different different things, you know. And then as you get taught better and learn, then you understand the 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 knowledge and the heart of God behind those issues. It makes you a strong and and productive person. Uh, you listen to Isaiah sixty one. Radio Ministry of Spirit of Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton uh, here on 980 The Mission, and we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back, and uh, we're gonna wrap up this week's message. To get me down. Please have mercy, Lord, have mercy on me. Well. I've done somebody wrong. Here at The Mission, we're delighted to recognize Understanding the Times as our September Ministry of the Month. You can find Understanding the Times at OliveTreeViews.org and on the air here at The Mission every Saturday morning at 9 and Sundays at noon. You can even listen on demand from our podcast page. This month, make sure you listen close to Lee Michaels Live for your chance to win a copy of Jan's DVD, Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order and Bible Prophecy. Our September Ministry of the Month is Understanding the Times. (laughs) Brown. <laughs> and the sky is gray. Oh, my goodness. I went yeah, that means fall is coming, huh? It's almost here. I'd be almost my, here. My, my wife was like, can you cut the heat on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about it last night. Yeah. <laughs> we had the windows open. All of a sudden, I'm like, it is cold yeah. in here. I was, like, I was like, man, already? I mean, it's almost October. Well, did you hear up, uh, I think it was Hibbing, was uh, 27 or 28 this morning. See, don't say that. See, <laughs> see my wife convinced me to go up to uh, Pequot Lakes uh, next week. Oh, it's beautiful up there. I love it up there. We used yeah. to vacation up there. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, the leaves are going to be changing. Oh, yeah. And the jackets are going to be on. But the fireplace is going to be burning. <laughs> yes, it will. It's going to be burning. That's what's going to happen. I hear you. Uh, so in, in looking at uh, the process that we go by, and you know, we want our, our people who accepted Christ to be, as it says, to be more productive and useful. Uh, we don't want them to be shortchanged in uh, what the Lord has for them by taking shortcuts in their development. Verse 9 says this, But those who fail to develop in this way, are short sighted or blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins man i mean you know if you look at it, a lot of times people come in and you have a i've done big events you know i when i work for you for christ we were just known for doing big events and and we do big events and you have 100 200 300 people accept the lord and uh then it's the follow-up piece comes in right and everybody's crying at the altar and everything like that, and, you know, they fill out the little card, and then when you go to follow them up, uh, put them in a, in a new believer's class, to give, give, give them some, some uh, information, some knowledge, man, in my experience, I got responses from less than 20% of the people, No, you know, would show up for that part. You know, they, they would dodge me, don't answer the phone, uh, say, well, yeah, you know, I kind of changed my mind. Now, how you change your mind? you will up here crying all at the altar and everything like that, you know, going around there, you know, calling on Jesus, but now you didn't change your mind. But when I read this verse, and I see as it says, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. I remember I did a, a, a Super Bowl outreach, and I, I had 248 people except the Lord at the camp. No one helped me do the follow-up. I had to do it all by myself. Everybody was there for the big event. But when the smoke cleared and the event was over and it came time to work with people, you know, I had to call all 248. You know, Got a little help from a friend. You know, I had to try to find a place. I sat there in the room waiting for people to show up for the classes. And they didn't show you know, we mass herded those folks from the auditorium up to the gym. They just had, you know, master time, signing them up, getting names and numbers. Every All the ministries represented bragged about the 248. None of them worked. The disciple, the 248. And I've come to find out in my time in ministry that nobody likes to do follow-up. Everybody loves planning the ministry. They love putting their resources out there, whether it's, you know, whether it's speakers or bands or foods or rappers or or, or dance teams or, you know, comedians, everybody, everybody's there on the front end, but on the back end, no one's there. And and, and and we produce believers that are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their old sins. You know, as my my son would say, it's hard to find many people out there, especially church kids who ain't accepted the Lord at least twice. If they, Every time they go to camp every summer, you know, they have at the altar crying. And then, you know, you know, a month later in the school year, they're acting and performing as if that whole event never happened. We got to put it down and develop them. To where they can be useful. Right. Where they can be productive. Right. Leading other people to the Lord. Having it there. Verse 10. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen do these things and you will never fail then god will give you a grand interest into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ a grand interest man that's what i'm looking forward to i told my wife i said when you get to heaven you'll say well done my good and faithful servant enter to the joy of the lord but when i get there you're gonna say joe what's up man glad you got it man we've been waiting on you and The fellas over there everybody gonna be hollering oh joe here y'all hey they go over there man oh, see, i ain't seen them in 50 years i said, I said that's the kind of greeting i'm gonna get <laughs> i said because 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 i'm i'm out there i'm, I'm doing stuff. My, my wife doesn't like to be seen i teach about that she don't like a picture being taken If she find out the kids post a picture on facebook she ready to hang them you know, what I mean, we we think she in witness protection. That's what we think she is. We don't even really know. I mean, I could be busting her out right now. I don't really don't care. You know, what I mean, we just trying to figure it out. You know what's going on here, you know. But you, but you, you, you want to, you want to see people succeed, and the scriptures are telling us in Second Peter chapter one that if we want to see them be productive and useful, we got to follow this model for more add to their faith, moral excellence, that they know how to make those, decisions. they know how to live. You know how to make the right decision and unto moral more excellence, knowledge, right? That they, that they understand why they need to respond in a certain way and what they need to go to. And unto knowledge, self-control, right? I mean, Jesus said this, that a little bit of leaven spoil the whole loaf, right? He was talking about the knowledge of the Pharisees, but it's like, I always try to explain to people I'm discipling. There was two trees in the garden and one of them got you killed and it was a tree of knowledge. Too much knowledge will get you killed. That's why you got to have your moral excellence first, because knowledge will get you killed, and knowledge will have you pe- perform in a way where you get puffed up. And that's why you need self-control. Just because you, just because you may know something, somebody know something that the other person doesn't know, doesn't mean you throw it at them and bash it out there like that. And under self-control, patient endurance, patient endurance, godliness, godliness, brotherly affection and brotherly affection, love for everyone. You know, just want to say thank you for listening to my program. I uh, hope it's been a blessing to you. And uh, we'll get back to you next week, same time, same station. And uh, we'll just see what else John going to send us out on next week. <laughs> I'll come up with something, Pastor <laughs> go I know you're going to come up with uh, something. <laughs> That's right. I'll see you Hey, then. Skating Party, November 2nd, the Roller Gardens, 430, 630. You know, call me. I got a free ticket for you. All right, bye.